Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at AllianceSafetyCouncil.org and by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The disruption economy is one of those buzzwords we hear constantly today, and it refers to the fact that technology is changing the traditional constructs of our capitalist economy. Amazon is one of the most obvious examples, Uber is another, and closer to home, there are some local companies that are part of that disruption economy, changing the rules of the game for everyone. Joining me today is one of our best-known local disruptors, Chris Moe, founder and CEO of Waiter, the phenomenally successful tech startup that is revolutionizing the restaurant and food service industries with its trademark food delivery app. Chris founded the company in 2015 from his hometown in Lake Charles and took off on a growth trajectory that culminated in May of this year, 2018, when Texas billionaire Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Houston Rockets and several national chains, including Landry Seafood and the Golden Nugget Casino, bought out the company for $308 million, including $50 million in cash. The deal took the company public and will give Waiter enough capital to continue its rapid expansion around the country. In the months since the sale was announced, Chris has been busy working through the transition and helping out. And Chris, we have followed your progress. Such an impressive story. And I know you've had lots of updates since then that you'll be able to share with us today. Yeah, thanks, Stephanie. It's uh, It's been exciting. We uh, have been at it for about uh, six months now. We had to get to the point of getting our audits done, but the transaction's set to close in the next two to three weeks. And... Uh, after that, we'll have the capital that we need to continue to grow. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to hearing about it. Joining me and Chris is Josh Cauley, president and founder of Performance Mods, an e-commerce startup that ships performance auto parts to customers in just a fraction of the time it would normally take. Josh started the company in 2016 when he was still a student at LSU. In the two years since, it has served customers all over the country and sold more than $6 million worth of high-performance auto parts. Performance Mod's success comes from its ability to get products to customers within just a couple of days of an order being placed online, which is a fraction of the weeks or months it typically takes in the auto parts industry. He is able to do this by dealing directly with the auto parts manufacturers who ship the orders from their warehouses instead of to a middleman, which adds to the cost and slows the process. Josh, it's such an impressive concept. It seems like such a simple idea. And why didn't people think of it before? And you were able to do it, and you've had so much growth. So thanks for being here today to share your story with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Chris, I'm, I'm going to go back to you for a minute. I mean, this, the story goes that you sketched this concept out for Waiter in a notebook back in 2013 and that you originally wanted to call it Fugal, food plus Google, has a ring to it. <laughs> that would make a great story one day on the TED Talk stage. But, but how did we get from Fugal to Waiter? 
Yeah, so uh, Fugle was just an idea that I had <laughs> to go and pitch at Startup Weekend. So okay. I went to a Startup Weekend in Gainesville, Florida, um, and decided not to pitch the idea for Fugle because it was similar to an idea that someone else had pitched. So I joined their team, and together there were five of us. Uh, we started Waiter that day, and then the guy who pitched the idea, uh, the next day I told him we were gonna, I was going to raise the money to start the company. He didn't want to be involved, and so I came back to Louisiana, found two additional co-founders, and uh, we started the company. And Josh, now, um, you got the idea for your company because you were into cars yourself. You were just an LSU student at the time. Correct, When yes. you sketched this out, and you've had really, really great growth. How were you able to forge these relationships with the manufacturers that have enabled you to be so successful? So I, I kind of related uh, the story to them of what I was going through uh, in the automotive industry as far as ordering parts and it taking a long time to come in and being frustrated and everything and kind of shared my vision with them of what I had in mind for the company. And I think that really helped us uh, build a relationship with them. And also, uh, I always try to make it a point to go visit the manufacturers and build a face-to-face -face uh, relationship with now, them. Now, what is the technology that you came up with that is... It's, it's not so much technology, it was more of, of negotiation and everything and, and going about things in a different way than other people were going about it. Um, when I started the company, I just started trying a bunch of different things and figuring out what worked and what didn't. And uh, one of the things that has helped us a lot is negotiating and basically going to them, the manufacturers of these parts and putting down uh, like a, you know, a twenty-five to fifty thousand uh, dollar down payment on a bunch of parts, whereas a lot of people aren't willing to make that investment. So we invest with the companies and the brands at first, uh, whereas that's different. Most people don't put that initial investment in one brand. So it's a better business model than most other companies in your space, I guess. Yes. Now, now, your business model was so unique when, when you started, Chris. Was there resistance initially from the restaurants? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, it, it was really tough getting started. Um, people didn't weren't familiar with delivery unless it was pizza or Chinese in mm -hmm. some cases. Um, so to convince a full-service restaurant that they could get delivery and uh, or that they could do delivery without having the expense of hiring drivers and insurance and those types of things right. was really difficult. Uh, but it took a lot of persistence on our part, and uh, we got the first 10 restaurants. That was our goal, get 10 restaurants to sign up, and it took us six months to get 10 restaurants. Now we sign up 10 a minute. So it's, Literally uh, 10 a minute. Pretty close, yeah. So I uh, wanted to ask you, what that's incredible. What, what are sort of the stats on the company now since the, since the buyout or the investment by Fertitta? How many restaurants, how many markets? Uh, yeah, so we've got over 7,500 restaurants under contract. Uh, we're in uh, 12 states, 230 cities. Uh, we'll do uh, between 62 and 67 million in revenue this year, and just our fourth, really fourth full year in business. Fantastic! And and for you personally, how has it been going from being the guy to being sort of? you know, a, a partner in it, a consultant, uh, but well, not actually, the owner anymore. Well, so we, we still own a large percentage of the company, okay. and uh, and I'm still the largest individual shareholder in the company, So, um, and I'm also the chairman and CEO, so I run the company. Uh, so not much really changed. I mean, really? we have some, we have some 
high-profile partners. Uh, Tillman Fertitta is on our board, um, as well as uh, some other folks from his organization. But uh, we still control the board as well. And so, uh, but it's been great working with those guys. I mean, they're experienced restaurateurs. They're influencers in this business. Uh, when we talk to restaurants about them being our partners, other restaurants want to be involved. So it's it's really helped us sign up restaurants as well. How involved are they, like on a day-to-day -day basis? I mean, are they sort of hands-off, or is it they yeah. talk to you once a week and check in? Or yeah, tell from you? A, on a day-to-day -day basis, they're hands-off. But I speak to them weekly, uh, a couple times a week some, sometimes. Just depends on what activities we have going on. Uh, but they're very helpful. They're very yeah. uh, open to new ideas. They don't know our business well, right? They know the restaurant right. business, which is part of our business, but they don't know you know, the delivery business. And so um, it, it actually is a great partnership because we can lean on their restaurant experience and they can lean on our delivery experience and understand how to improve their own restaurants and operations within their restaurants to deal better with delivery as a component of their business now. And it's a large component of their yeah. business. So uh, it's been a great partnership. That's fantastic. Josh, one thing that, that impresses me so much about Performance Mods is you were so young when you started this, and you still are very, very young. Um, did you bring in outside partners that were more experienced? Or? No, uh, I'm still 100% owner of the company, and I did have some people that wanted to invest in. When I first started the company, uh, I ran into some cash flow problems. I mean, we went past $5 million the first year, so there was a lot of cash flow problems, and I funded it on my own. I'd been saving up for years to start a business, and I started with $13,000. Um, wow. I was very lucky, you know. Uh, someone came talk to talk to us uh, in one of my entrepreneurship classes, uh, Kevin Langley. He came okay. speak in one of our uh, entrepreneurship classes, and at that time, I was going through some real bad cash flow issues, and uh, I ended up reaching out to him afterwards and speaking to him about it, and uh, he helped me, you know, uh, get past that as far as like, you know, talking to the brands and you know, kind of help guide me get through them cash flow problems. Uh, but you know, uh, I had a few people I want to invest in the company, and and I just, you know, I just decided against it. And uh, you turned down. You're a 21 year old starting a business, and you had investors, and you t turned them down. I did. <laughs> okay. Um, now, since then, have you brought in? No, others? I'm still 100% so on. Yeah, and there's not cash flow problems anymore, thankfully, or not as not nearly as bad. Like literally, we were at the point where we're about to shut down for a little while because of our growth was too much. Wow, it's a good problem to have, but it's a it's a bad problem right, as right. well. And and you're just back from India, so you who's over in India working? Yeah, for so we have a team over there in India. Mm -hmm. um, we also have a team in the Philippines, and we have a couple employees here in the U.S. as well. But uh, most of our IT, team is remote. Yeah, the, they pretty right, much handle orders, everything. Everything you're doing online. That's helped uh, helped me a lot is breaking past that barrier of thinking, you know, uh, somebody has to be here in the U.S. to work for the company. You know, that's, that's not true. Some of these people abroad do a better job than I could hire somebody here in the U.S. to do the job and, you know, for a fraction of the cost. So it's really helped us hiring overseas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these people are really dedicated to the team and want it to grow and they are loyal, what I've, I've noticed, uh, especially like in India and the Philippines, they're loyal to you, and they won't leave you to go find a job for more money, you know, if you treat them right. So what kind of products do y'all ship? I uh, mean, you said, 
high performance mainly, auto parts. Mainly what high is performance that? automotive like, parts. So like for, for fancy cars. Yes, uh, for Mustangs, Corvettes, Camaros, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, all kind of fast cars, sports cars in general. And it's mostly like uh, exhaust systems or cold air intakes or superchargers or twin turbo systems. So anything that can really increase the horsepower of a vehicle. We even sell tires, but not regular tires. It's drag radials and slicks. So they obviously help you grip more and help your car go fast. And I would just find you online and place my order online, for instance. Correct. Or on the on an app, I guess. Uh, online. Online. Yes, definitely. Um, I need to get one of those performance exhaust systems for my Tesla Model X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've got a ton in stock. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Josh Colley of Performance Mods and Chris Moe of Waiter. Chris, have things changed significantly since since the buyout? You know, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a life changer, but you know, I've been so focused on the business and, and what we have to accomplish still. I mean, I tell our team often, uh, you know, we've had some success, but we're not yet successful. And what does success look like? Well, you don't really ever know, right? Because right. the more successful you are, the more you're driven to continue that success. And so for us, it's all about, you know, what can we do you know, next week, next month, next quarter, next year. Um, so, you know, I'll have plenty of time to sit back someday and kind of, you know, um, take it all in. Yeah. But right now, just focused on the business. So the business, as you explained it a minute ago, you said you're really in the delivery business, whereas like Fertitta's in the restaurant business. What is the delivery business? And how did you build a delivery system? What does that entail? Yeah, so we're, we're really in the technology business. Yeah. Um, okay. And we and that use technology. That in, that's, that's my background. We use technology to enable everything that we do. And so, and delivery is the biggest component of what we do, certainly. Um, but, um, you know, how, how do you get there and how do you manage that? It's, uh, you can't do it without technology. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I first tried to raise money for Waiter, you know, I heard all the time, well, you could never possibly manage 10,000 employees. Well, we have 8,000 employees today. Many of those, most of those drivers, right, 400 corporate employees, the rest are drivers. And so we manage it using technology, and, and that's how our entire business runs. So um, if you have great technology people, and we have great technologists here in, in Louisiana, that's good to um, hear. And you you have a good business model, uh, just you know, like these guys have with performance mods. You, you have a better business model, and then that, that's what you use to drive the growth of your business. And so we've been fortunate to have those things. And and your drivers, I suppose they're they're like Uber drivers. They can sign on and work certain hours when they want, and just sort of ours check is, in. Or is ours it, is very are different. Are they full time? Yeah, or? they're they're uh, employees of the company. Really. So, yeah, so uh, you know, W two employees of the company, part time and full time. You know, many wow. of our drivers are part time. Okay. Um, we have a, a large contingent of drivers that are full time, thirty hours plus a week. They get full benefits, everything else, but um, it's their choice and how much they want to work. And we let them schedule themselves, and then we'll fill in the schedule with drivers that we need if we don't get enough who put themselves mm -hmm. on the schedule. And we have that ability because of the fact that they're employees, and so. Uh, we put them through training. We work with them to uh, to be a true partner to the restaurant. I mean, one, one thing about our company is our drivers are the face of our company. They see our restaurant partners every day, and they see our consumer uh, customers every day. 
And so it's important that we have the best drivers, and we have by far the best drivers out of anyone else in this business. Interesting. Um, how does Waiter make money, actually? Do you all collect a fee off of the transaction with the restaurant? Yeah, so in a couple of ways, restaurants pay to onboard. So they, they pay an upfront fee one time to onboard onto the platform. And then we get a, a, a portion of the transaction volume that we send to the restaurants. And okay. so that drives the bulk of our revenue. Josh, your growth, um, how, how rapidly are y'all growing and how are you advertising? Yeah, so or do you even need to? I mean, is it a word of mouth kind of thing that people that are into high performance cars know where to go? Yeah, we, we do some advertising, but not too much, honestly. We don't do too, too much advertising. Wow. You know, we see a lot of repeat customers because once, they, uh, once they get the parts in really fast, they want to order from us again. Um, and that's, it's a, it's, you know, it's important for these people to get their parts in fast because a lot of times we're selling to consumers that are uh, racing their vehicle and everything. And a lot of times something breaks on the vehicle and they're waiting for these parts to come back in so they can fix their car and get it back up and running again. So when the parts come in really quick, you know, they're a lot more likely to buy from us. And we sell pretty much everything that they need for their vehicle. So we see a lot of repeat customers because of that. And as far as uh, growth and expanding, you know, we're really focusing on international markets right now. And that's, uh, that's where we're going into manufacturing and international markets. That's where our focus is right now. Going into manufacturing? Yes. So actually you all will be manufacturing these we already are. parts? We already are. We already are. We're already doing uh, manufacturing and everything. So we're focusing more on that and more on the international markets. When did you all branch into manufacturing? About a year ago. Really? Yeah. And what kind of products do you manufacture? Uh, so we manufacture uh, some exhaust systems, we manufacture uh, uh, battery starters, diagnostic tools, uh, OBD2 scanners, so a lot of the electronics for, for the cars as well. So that's a whole different business than it what is. you were doing it's before. It is. It's a completely, completely different. different business model, yes. But it's the same company. Same company, correct. Interesting. Yes. And do you have other people running that or anything? Uh, it's the team's pretty much all together. We do have some some of the members that just focus on the manufacturing side of the company, though. So interesting, Chris. You came from a tech background. I mean, had you been dreaming of a company like this? Had the idea been formulating for a long time? Was your previous tech experience in building like the kind of system that you have with? Waiter? No, so I, I got out of technology in the mid-2000s and got into the restaurant business. Okay. So uh, Waiter was bringing both of my experiences, and I talk about domain knowledge, it was bringing the domain knowledge that I had in technology and in the restaurant businesses together, but we brought it together just for my wife and I to answer a simple question, what's for dinner? You know, trying to figure out what's for dinner every night when your kids are running in multiple <laughs> right, directions right. and you're trying to chase them around and you got work and everything else. It was difficult to get food on the table at night, and so Waiter was the solution. It's a great solution. Who, who are your biggest competitors right now, both of you? I mean, is it Uber Eats for Waiter? or? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, quite a few now, Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, those folks. Um, but, you know, we operate in smaller to mid-tier markets. Uh, our business model is very different than their business model, and so, uh, you know, we compete very effectively. How is it different? Uh, well, number one, we employ the drivers versus them not employing the drivers, which means that we can put the drivers through training. They wear waiter uniforms, so you know it's a waiter driver when they show up. It's 
you know, we do food photography for all of our restaurants, so we shoot the entire menu. So when you launch the waiter app, you actually see pictures of the food that you're going to be ordering. Uh, consumers eat with their eyes, and so yeah. that's that, uh, a great way to, to decide what you want to order. Um, we have uh, a little bit different technology, both on, on the logistics side and also on the consumer side, that drives additional usage and adoption. We have better restaurant selection, um, things like that. Okay. And what about you, Josh? Who else is doing what you do? Uh, some of our biggest competitors is like Jegs and Summit. Uh, they've been around for a, for a long time. And uh, the thing is with them, their business model is different from ours. They basically ship from their warehouses. So they have a few warehouses that they ship from. And a lot of times they, don't, they only have the part that a customer orders in one warehouse. Um, whereas we you know try to make sure that the part it, we have that same part spread out throughout the US so when the customer orders it we can get it sent to them really quick and cheap so the shipping isn't so much so I want to go back to what you, you threw out there a few minutes ago that you were actually in the manufacturing business now yourself what, yes. what made you all want to go into that uh, the, the you know the, the margins are good uh, I like to do product development so I like to take a product and you know make it better so that interests me uh, so do you design these products from scratch or do you take like a template and improve on it most of the time it's not from scratch you know it's most of the time it's taking a product uh, that's already in the market and making it better and making like an it, aftermarket kind of thing that you might put on your car Exactly, yes. Okay. So, so you some, have like engineering teams that work for you? Well, uh, we, we don't really have a, a huge engineering team that work oh. for us. Uh, we do have a mechanical engineer that works for us, uh, a student from LSU, but uh, that's the only engineer that we actually have on the team. It's basically me and my knowledge in the automotive industry and just taking parts that you know can be manufactured better and basically making them changes, having them manufactured, and then import them into the U.S. and Europe and Australia and selling them. That's pretty impressive. Um, Chris, you mentioned that you have good tech talent here in Louisiana and that you've been able to find it. Can, can you stay here? Can Waiter continue to grow at the rate and, and be based still in Louisiana? Yeah, that, that was one of the conditions, you know, we did the deal with uh, Tillman. We wanted to stay in Louisiana, and they had no problem with that. So uh, our offices in, in uh, Lake Charles and Lafayette are where the bulk of our employees operate. And we have, I think, 30 or 40 software engineers, um, most of them here in Louisiana. And you've uh, been able to more. recruit them from yeah, Louisiana? Absolutely, yeah. There's, there's a lot of talent in, in Louisiana. And even more so than talent in Louisiana, there's a lot of folks who left that would like an opportunity to come back. And so we, we look for folks, uh, especially on the software engineering side, yeah. software engineers that left maybe in Silicon Valley, maybe in Texas somewhere, but are from Louisiana that want to come home, and we have a way to employ people here at home. And so uh, we hope that we can bring quite a few software engineers That's back excellent. to Louisiana. And do you keep upgrading the software obviously you will upgrade the software but I mean do you keep making major improvements to it yeah, it's mean, a continuous improvement process right uh, software will be stale if you don't continue to improve it in as little as six months sometimes and so sure. it's a constant uh, battle to continue to develop new features as well as improve what you already have uh, so it, it's a lot of work 
And, and what about you, Josh? I mean, does your plan call for staying in Louisiana? Does this work as a place for you to be based? No, it, it does. You know, honestly, I just moved to New York uh, three weeks ago. So. Oh, uh, so you're not in Louisiana? Uh, I'm not at this Anymore. point. But the thing is, I travel the world. So, like, uh, I really don't have a home base too much because I can run my company from anywhere. You know, I run my company from a laptop, literally. So I travel the world and... Uh, just run my company from a laptop, but I wanted my home base to be in New York because basically I can get anywhere in the world from New York from the airport. Um, but my company will stay here in Louisiana. So, so you're operating out of New York, but but the company is still based in Louisiana. The company is at the Louisiana Business Technology yeah. Center. Yes, and I plan to stay there, uh, stay in Louisiana in general. And so, what's your plan for uh, five years? Say? To, to expand into the international market, start focusing more on manufacturing. And, uh, you know, I'm more into e-commerce than anything. That's really where my passion is now is uh, learning about e-commerce. E-commerce is growing tremendously, and uh, especially in international markets such as India and China is already booming in the e-commerce industry. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's so much more growth to, to have. And, you know, we're already helping brands uh, take their, their products international as well. So uh, I'm really getting interested in, in e-commerce and how much it's booming and to waiting to see what the future holds. So you really started out building an e-commerce platform to ship high-performance auto parts and then sort of sagged into some manufacturing yourself, Correct. designing like aftermarket parts. And now you're also looking at helping other companies get into the e-commerce business. And you're Correct. doing it all yourself. Yes. From a laptop from that a travels laptop. with you. Yes. I've been to 18 countries this year so far. We're going to have to continue this discussion. <laughs> a new way of doing business. There's a lot more, <laughs> a lot more to learn about there. And Chris, how big is Waiter going to get? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I mean, you know, next year we think we'll do somewhere between 120 and 130 million in revenue. So, so like double. Um, What's that? That's like double what you're doing Double now. what we're doing now. So wow. uh, we hope to double again next year and then close to double the year following that. So uh, we don't see an end in sight. I mean, we, we're, we're just at the beginning of, you know, consumers adopting online ordering as a, as a means for getting food on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the, the off-premise restaurant business in the U.S., it's a... $220 billion business this year. Um, in five years, it's going to be $360 billion or so. And less than 5% of all of that, or 5 to 10% of that right now is placed online. Yeah. So there's a huge opportunity for growth. And so we uh, will continue to grow. All right. Well, Chris Moe and Josh Colley, y'all epitomize the kind of tech entrepreneurs so many ambitious young people in this market and everywhere wish they could be. And your drive and determination and smarts are very impressive. So thanks for being here today and sharing your stories on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Good luck with your continued success. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Chris Moe of Waiter and Josh Colley of Performance Mods. You can find out more about Waiter and Performance Mods by going to our website, itsbatonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page and on itsbatonrouge.la. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. 
Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for It's Baton Rouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base joneswalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety and other corporate training needs. More information is at alliancesafetycouncil.org and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.